0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Neighborhood Watch here on a Tuesday. Josh Neighbors, your host with you, Robbie Triano, joining us talk both Big 12 basketball and football here on Crystal Ball College Football. I know that's the name of the channel, but we do do Big 12 hoops as well. Make sure you guys find us wherever you get your podcast and on Twitter as well, at NWPod365, at Josh Neighbors underscore for me, at the Triano Kid for Robbie. And once again, like the videos, subscribe to the channel. It's the best way to support all of us here at 365 Sports. So, Robbie, it's nice to see you. Uh, How is weather in Chicago? How are we doing? Are we starting to get cold?
0: No, we're good. Uh, It is starting to get cold here in Chicago, but my Detroit Lions are winning. So that's all I can really care about. Life is good when your team is good. And it's the first time I can ever say my team is maybe the best team in the NFL right now. So life is good.
1: That is true. The Lions uh, have had an excellent start. Let's talk about some Big 12 hoops. Um, so the big story about the Big 12 right now when it comes to basketball is, should the Big 12 add Gonzaga? And actually, it seems like we're going to get some clarity in the relatively short term, right? Uh, I saw Brett McMurphy last week talked about it, and he said, like, we should get some clarity on this in the next two weeks. So there is a lot to balance here. Um, and I think obviously the end goal for Brett Yormark and the big 12 is Brett Yormark would like to split the basketball and the football packages for the big 12 conference. Uh, will he be able to do it? I am not positive, but it sounds like at least that is going to be the attempt. And so adding Gonzaga, I think even if it's like a small negative, in the short term for some of the schools, I think Brett Yormark, obviously, we know he's a hoop head. The long-term, ga- long-term gamble is on basketball. So your thoughts on the Big 12 adding the Zags. Do you want to see it now? Do you want to see it later? Your thoughts when you saw all this?
0: I think it's a no-brainer move for the Big 12. And I think Brett Yormark understands the conference when it comes to basketball, and we've, we've known this so much. And I think it's the one thing that the Big 12 has that nobody else like it's a sure this conference is the best at basketball like that is what we have and if you have the ability to add another program like gonzaga and not give them that football money which i think was the biggest issue at first everyone was like well we can't split the pie with them if they don't play football okay don't do that work out that deal and i think that what he is really noticing or what he wants to take advantage of is how come this sport really plays from November to, you know, conference tournament in early March. And there's so many good games in that time, but yet the only thing people care about is March Madness. And I think he really says, why not be, if you aren't watching the NBA, you are watching Big 12 basketball. And I think that is such a great ad for the conference. If they do have Gonzaga, you will have Kansas, you have Houston, you have Baylor, you will have Arizona basketball, and you can have Gonzaga – That's incredible. And if you look at Gonzaga, like this is a program that also puts out NBA players. If you look at them in the NBA draft, I will just go, what's been happening lately? Chet Holgrim, Andrew Nemharb, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark, Zach Collins, like every year you are guaranteed to have an NBA type of talent. So this is where like, if you can make it work financially. I think it is very important for the Big Twelve to keep on adding basketball and make that a premier basketball watching experience outside of the NBA.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I saw a quote this morning when I was when I was working my normal radio show about uh, Bobby Hurley saying that that the Big East is like it's not close. It's a Big East best conference. It's like no, bro. Like I, I get it. I get why you're saying that. But it's not the case. And look, the Big East was the second best conference in the league last year. But what we're talking about is like the year in, year out at this point in time. And year in and year out, you know, I think especially like I think it was the ACC and the big the Big Twelve for a minute there. Obviously, UVA wins their one championship. But uh, Roy has moved on from UNC. Kay has moved on from uh, uh, from Duke. Obviously. Jim Beheim at Syracuse, that thing really went downhill in a hurry. And so and even Tony Bennett, it's, like, yeah, like, it's still an awesome, really amazing program. But like that one championship was the one championship. It's not like Jay Wright at Villanova. And look, even Jay Wright at Villanova, like, you know, talk about the East, he has moved on as well, too. The Big 12 still has all of their coaches. Now, they're, they're a little bit older, right? Bill Self's, a l- I forgot how old he is, but like, he's not super old. Mark Hugh's getting up there. He's a little bit older. Scott Drew is still in his prime. So they have all these coaches in the right area. Kelvin Sampson's really the one who's kind of the old, I guess, eldest, if you want to say. But uh, Tommy Lloyd's still at Arizona, like pretty young. You know, you're going to have obviously him moving in there uh, into the league. And I just think about the Premier package. Like you're totally right. And thinking about the Arizona has been putting guys towards the league as well lately. I think as DeAndre Hayden's kind of the biggest one you think of in the last few years. And then Baylor putting guys in the league as well. I think, Brett, you or Mark, you're exactly right. He sees the value of college basketball. He sees the value of the brands the Big 12 has in college basketball. He sees the value of the coaches they have in college basketball. he sees the value of the individual talent that, that they have in college basketball. And Kansas obviously puts guys in the league uh, at a pretty high clip, too. So like the Big 12 has this confluence of, of teams that would make it really great, and especially if you had adding Gonzaga you really are hitting on great brand different part of the country. Uh, they, they're kind of like the, the big NBA, I guess you listed all those guys and I forgot about some. like they are kind of an NBA machine at this point in time right now. Like they really, really are putting a lot of guys in, in, in the league. I mean, it's really everything that you want and they do play from November on, you know, all the way through March, at least on like the other channels that aren't CBS, right? Cause CBS has the tournament t- package, but You're thinking about like a premier Big 12 basketball package that involves Kansas, K State, Baylor, even Chuck tex tech in there, Arizona, Gonzaga, Houston. Like, and, and, you know, we're talking about them right now, too, wanting to go to potentially, or they are going to go to a 20 game league schedule. You're going to get more of those big games. And you're gonna get more of them, like at both venues, right? So you're gonna be playing at the kennel, you're also going to be playing at Allen Fieldhouse, You'll be playing down in Houston, you'll also be playing more games at the McHale Center in Arizona, like and so on and so forth. So, you know, you and I talked about this before. You could basically make your Sonic blockbuster schedule on Saturday nights, big 12, like you can do Duke Carolina, that's fine, but like the rest of the way is basically big 12 games, right? There's really no reason, you know, to go outside of that of your ESPN because. If you own both properties, maybe if they're a Kentucky, Tennessee in there or whatever you want to do, but mostly it should be big 12 games because the amount of awesome matchups. you get.
0: yeah, definitely. And I think Brett Yormark sees the value of it. And he also is the younger, hipper, cooler type of brand. And I do think basketball is a sport when it comes to social media and clips. That has been a sport that has really profited well, especially with highlights. And I do think moving forward, I think the younger demographic has been so, in love with the sport of basketball. I really do think he is banking on that. So if you can add Gonzaga, have it not destroy or really complicate a lot of the financials. Um I, I do think it's a great add. And just looking forward, I have no idea what is going to be the future of the NCAA tournament. And I have no idea. I've heard that around is like, what is going to happen? And I think if you know we are in the super league type of era where if football is going to do super, super leagues why not ray your mark just make the next super league in basketball and when it comes to geography yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense to add gonzaga but when you get the name brand of that and you can have all of these other schools and hey let's say the acc does implode one day and if you know let's say north carolina doesn't get to the sec which i think they want to very much and the sec wants to Imagine if you added North Carolina to the Big 12. So I think Brett Yormark is seeing if we can get these other schools to add to our portfolio without having it be a financial disaster. Let's do it, and I am very much behind what Brett Yormark is doing with that.
1: My one concern, though, is that is that this is that, and this might be the right call. Like, is is there some concern on the Big 12 side about the value of their football, right? um because ideally what you'd want in the situation is Big 12 football and basketball growing together you know but both arrows pointing up and i think what we're seeing this year with the Big 12 football is that's not always the case and it's especially not always the case for leagues like this where like the, i mean I, you know it was funny i was looking at the they put out every monday the schedule for the next two weeks right so um, you know, yesterday on Monday, we had the schedule for not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And you saw Kansas and Oklahoma is on Fox. And then Texas and BYU is going to be on, um on ES. Oh, it's, it's flip. One of those is one of those is flip, right? Like I think it was like, ABC.
0: You know, it might be ABC. ABC 30. Yeah, yeah.
1: ABC at two 30. Right. So like, and we've been looking this year at, at the quality of the big, like, I mean, we're about to do Big 12 power rankings here in a second. Like, it's like one and two, it's like, ah, let's have some fun. Who the hell really knows what's happening? And look, that's not always going to be the case, right? We know that Baylor and Oklahoma State were the class of the league two years ago. Last year, it became pretty apparent that K-State and TCU were obviously the class of the league. And it's important to note, Robbie, that was the case with both OU and Texas in the league, right? Back-to-back years, they were not the class league. Now, what's made this conference so so great is in some ways hurting, I guess you could say, this year. Oklahoma and Texas are the class league. It was kind of their turn in a lot of ways, especially Texas. It was, it was really Texas' turn. Um, but everybody has been taking turns in this league. So I'm wondering if there is some concern about the health of Big 12 football because – it's not always an up arrow. And I think um, we love the league for that reason. We love how kind of it's all over the place at times, but I'm not sure big Brett and the boys are super (laughs) thrilled about, about how how that's playing out.
0: Yeah. And I think that we sold this conference as the league of parody. We have so much parody. You don't know what to expect every year. Yeah. But also right. Is that really necessarily what we want? And I look at TCU as, an amazing example like that is a program last year that had the most success it's ever had and like did so much good for the Big 12 as a whole saying you can play in a national championship in the Big 12 if you're not OU in Texas like that was a great example and so much good PR for the conference. But the thing is with the last four Big 12 teams that have played in that game in the in the Big 12 championship game, we are just seeing a lot of this right now you look at Baylor. And Oklahoma State, Baylor last year was just very, very disappointing. And I understand they lost so much talent to the NFL draft. And you look at Oklahoma State, you lose Jim Knowles and a lot of players to the NFL draft. But that's the point. This league has not found the ability to continue to, even if they have won their best years ever, to just like dip a little bit but still be fine, like in Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. And they're just not to that level yet. And that's where... We sell this league as parity, but right now I really do think we need a team that can be that constant stable that every week you can know what you're going to expect. And that's why with the future of this league, I don't know who is going to be the school that will get the ABC or the Fox Noon kickoff type of designation. And the clear one is going to be Colorado with Dion. But besides that, the only program or school I could see getting a marquee matchup or a college game day, you know, type of an environment right now is if a big 12 team is having success in late November, or there is a big 12 title on the line. So that's where right now the big 12 really needs to have a team that is currently doing very well, but also staying there. And this year was not, not very good for the big 12 at that, unless Kansas state really just goes undefeated the way out or TCU does the same. Uh, But yeah, it is a, the future of the Big 12 is still very much um, up for grabs uh, for who's going to steal the the, the limelight.
1: So uh, you know, like, and like Utah, obviously, is like right there as well too. Right. But you know, it's like you know, how long will Kyle Whittingham stay? All those things. So I try to do my Big 12 power rankings this week, Robbie. It got very, very challenging. It, it was, it was, it was really hard. Yeah. Good like luck. Was,
0: this league is. It been, was
1: really hard uh, because yeah. the issue also is too. Where do I factor in head to heads? Uh, which was like the big issue I was having across the board on this thing. So these rankings, they're not good. I just, I, I literally did a off the top of my <laughs> head ranking. I acknowledge they are bad. All right. I just want everybody to acknowledge with me that they are bad. But here's the thing it's like, I, I guess I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm doing this. Okay. Neutral field. If these teams are playing, Who am I taking? That's kind of how I'm viewing this. All right, so that's why I have Oklahoma and Texas at number one and two. I am putting Kansas State at number three. They were quickly out of my top five. They are now back in my top five. And you and I talked before the show, and we believe potentially the most compelling question in the Big 12 currently is – Does, does K does K state stick with Avery Johnson, at quarterback? Is that the move they need to make last week? He has an amazing game. He rushes for five touchdowns up against Texas tech and will Howard, obviously I guess the complete boot, but like it it was better off when they had Avery Johnson in the game. My question this week, Robbie was, is, is that always going to be the case? Does that work in every matchup or did that really just work against Texas tech? Like, is this something that when K state plays Texas, does this make the most sense? Should they run two quarterbacks against Texas? Should it be Will Howard against Texas? And mind you, Will Howard did not play well against Oklahoma state. And I'd say, Hey Josh, Oklahoma state, why aren't they higher or whatever you lost by 27 points against, uh, uh, South Alabama. You still get penalized for that. I'm sorry, Oklahoma state. You are still having to live that one down. Uh, And you lost to Iowa State right after that, too. And I'm not sure Iowa State's very good. So, um, yeah, like that's why the rankings are confusing right now. But K-State at number three, Robbie, your thoughts about that, your thoughts about the Will Howard versus the long, stringy hair of one Avery Johnson.
0: Yeah, this is a very strange thing that's happening because Will Howard, I think going in, he was my preseason Big 12 player of the year. And he was someone I really thought, could make a lot of noise when it came to the NFL draft. That has not panned out this year. And when you look at you know what suits Kansas State's offense the best, right now I do think it's Avery Johnson, just because if you have a dynamic quarterback like that who can do what he does with his feet but also has the ability to pass, I think that helps out Kansas State's running back so much more. I think that helps up DJ Giddens, and it helps up Treshawn Ward. If the defense is constantly focused on this quarterback – You might be leaving these weapons out. And honestly, I do not think Kansas State's wideouts or wide receivers, besides like Ben Sinnott, have a lot to offer me. And that's where, like, I do think right now, I think if I was Kansas State and Chris Kleiman, I think you have to roll with Avery Johnson. Like, he just had five rushing touchdowns, the first freshman to ever do that. Like, I think that is something that you kind of have to roll with. But I do think Kansas State is the most compelling and interesting team in the league right now outside of maybe Oklahoma, as in can they keep their pace? But Kansas State, to me, is a team that we had very high expectations for them, and then they have two crazy losses. The one against Missouri, I know you are a Missouri grad, but I do think Kansas State should have won that, and the fact that Missouri won it with one of the most miraculous field goals maybe in college history um, is incredible. And then you look at the one against Oklahoma State – That's just Will Howard laying an absolute egg. That was a very winnable game for Kansas State. And I do think talent-wise, they should be the number three team in the league right now. But I think identity, like that is so key. And you have Avery Johnson. And I do believe he is now running the true Colin Klein offense of like, this is what I did as a quarterback. I want you to do this now. And I do think the strength of that team right now on offense is the running backs. And if you have a quarterback like Avery Johnson – Who can do things with his legs and like confuse the defense? Like, I do think that is the route for them moving forward. But putting them number three right now kind of makes sense, even though I don't know if the rec has deserved that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, like, I think, I think you're right, talent wise, but like, besides Ben Senate, and I, and I've been saying this, I don't think Ben Senate should be the most open receiver on your team. That's a problem. That tells me other guys are not getting wide open. You know, and and we talked about the guys they brought in to, Right? Like, there are some players they brought in in the receiving core they thought would really help them out, they have not. Um, but offensive line wise and then running back wise, like Trashawn Ward, DJ Giddens, Avery Johnson, you pair them up too with the offensive line, that should be a really good rushing attack. And so, I, I think because of that, like, I don't think Will Howard's bad now, I don't, you know, I think he's played poorly recently, I don't think he is just straight up bad. And he did move the ball a bunch on Missouri, but to go back and watch the Missouri game, it's not like there are a lot of guys who are open. If you go back to watch the Oklahoma State game, it's not like there are a lot of guys who were open. So I think it is Avery Johnson right now. I don't feel like super, super confident in him, but I think you do have to roll with the hot hand in some ways, and it's really interesting because they played TCU this week. Um, I have West Virginia, though, at four. I didn't dock them a whole lot for the loss. Just because it was like a last second loss. And I mean, because so you'll see, I still have I still have Houston at 12. Um, I didn't really move them up because it was a last second win off of Hail Mary, and they still gave it up in the end. And you know, like West Virginia, like you know, I had some movement above them and around them, but I did not want to move them, so I have them there. Kansas, I still have at five. I still think Kansas is a top five team. Back of quarterback, threw for five touchdowns. They could not run the ball to the strength of their team. So I was like, you know what, not gonna dock them too much. Iowa State at six. Got to give Matt Campbell some credit. You have to. Uh, and then I have Oklahoma State at seven because Iowa State did recently beat Oklahoma State. But also, too, Oklahoma State's making a push right now. If they were to play on a neutral field, I would probably favor Oklahoma State, but it would be close. It would be close. So they recently played, and that's why I gave, you know, if we're going head-to-head at 4-1 spot, that's why I'm giving Iowa State the nod over Oklahoma State. So, Robbie, on that bottom part, the four through seven, West Virginia at four, KU at five, Iowa State at six, Oklahoma State at seven, uh, what stands out the most to you about those rankings and do you have any really big qualms with it? Because it's it's kind of just a, uh, I just kind of mix them up and see where everybody where everybody falls.
0: Yeah, there's a team on there that if I were to put money to either become that number three team or somehow find a way with losses and miraculous things happen to make the Big 12 title game if they were to – if Oklahoma or Texas were to stumble, which I honestly do not think. Right now I think they're just very much above the rest of the team in this conference. I'm looking at Oklahoma State, and I can't believe I'm saying this just because there was times with whatever was going on with their quarterback situation, you're like, what is going on? I don't know like why we're running – with your son or why we're running with Rangel. Like you have this guy and Alan Bowman and last game, I really do think against Kansas, you see all of these awesome players kind of emerge in that offense that we kind of were hoping this entire time. Brennan Presley is a player. I think that is so dynamic and one of the best wide receivers in this league. He finally actually got to do something. And then Ollie Gordon had a performance of a lifetime for them. So that's where Oklahoma state to me, is one I'm watching very closely because I finally think they understand, all right, let's give Alan Bowman the ball, but also the rest of their schedule, in my opinion, may be the easiest in the entire Big 12 right now. You have at West Virginia. Okay, that's a difficult game right now because West Virginia, you know, is playing better than we thought. But I am also not exactly sold on West Virginia just yet. I think they've played above ex- expectation, but I do not think they are among the best in the conference because of that. Then you play Cincinnati, in my opinion, is the worst team in the Big 12. Like, I I think just a bad team right now.
1: We'll find out this week because they play Baylor. So yes. I guess, I guess uh, it's we'll the, it's, the answer to that question It's the real butt week, bowl
0: right there is uh, Cincinnati-Baylor. I know Baylor-Texas Tech, but no, it's yeah, the real butt I, bowl. Uh, then they play yeah. Bedlam, but they play it at home. And right now I would give Oklahoma the advantage there, but if Oklahoma State wins that game, That's incredible. And their last three games are a godsend from Brett Yormark to Mike Gundy. At UCF, at Houston, home for BYU. There is no team, new four team, that has necessarily made me happy or made me think, you know what, that team is really good this year. Like, I think BYU has been the best of the bunch, but also they just laid an absolute egg against TCU and does not know how to run the football whatsoever. And offensively, has been way too up and down all year. So, if I were to have a team out of those two, you know, sneak and be that number three team or maybe a Big 12 title team, it would be Oklahoma State right now. And I cannot believe I'm saying that.
1: Yeah. You know, and Ollie Gordon might, I mean, he is a star, right? He looks like a star. And I, I, I think they're going to ride him this week uh, as well, too. Because here's the thing like, Alan Bowman. Like, I, I, I was arguing, let's let's just go with Garrett Rangel because I didn't think they would be very good this year. And I was wrong on that front because I was like, I want to see what Garrett Rangel has. Alan Bowman at least has the experience, and their schedule's been easy enough to we're like, okay, it makes sense. Now, in games like this week, and even you saw some against K-State, like, they they can't really rely on him to beat anybody. Kansas, you can't because their defense isn't very good. But, like, I'm not sure Alan Bowman's going to go out there and beat in Oklahoma for me uh, and some other schools as well. But, once again, the schedule's pretty easy. So, Ollie Gordon's kind of the key for them. Uh, you know, and, and I'm just happy also, too. Like, this might be Iowa State's high point, so I'm just glad to put them up there at number six right now yes. because Matt Campbell has done another masterful. Like, you know, I think our guy John Kurtz put it out on Twitter the other day. He said, look, I'm not sure how high his ceiling is, but I know his floors. you know, as, as far as floors go pretty high. And then TCU – TCU, you know, so frustrating, so frustrating. And I'm wondering now, at Josh Hoover, if they're able to put a lot of what happened behind them now and move forward, because it seems like at the quarterback spot, one guy is inspiring a bit more belief. And from what I've been told, uh, I, think folks, I think folks on that team might, might like Josh Hoover. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say. I think guys like, might like him a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and uh, shout out to Sonny Dykes, man. He just loves him, Chandler Morris. Like, have a friend or a the partner man. in life that loves yeah. you as much as Sonny Dykes loves Chandler Morris. And, hey, Chandler Morris is a good quarterback, but his he's just way too inconsistent or doesn't do enough at one thing good enough to, like, be that much of a game breaker. But I think what TCU's offense has shown against that game against BYU is they're going to air it out. Josh Hoover, 58 attempts against yeah. BYU. His and first I think start. I think Kendall Bryles is like, all right, we're going to just air you out. And I think that is where the offense should be going. Because last year, even though Max Duggan had Quentin Johnson and a lot of other pieces, I think that was a team that was run first because you had Max Duggan that was able to take off. And then you had Kendra Miller in the backfield along with Imani DiMarcado, which are now both running backs in the NFL that actually play somewhat of a good amount. But this year, I think TCU is a team with really good wide receiver core. I like J.P. Richardson a whole lot. Savion Williams is very good as well. And that's a team that, like, you have them eighth on their power ranking. I think I might have them a little bit higher. I don't Mm -hmm. know where exactly or who they would jump. But TCU is a team to me that I still think is among the best in the Big 12 this year. I don't know if that says a lot of good things about the Big 12, just because I think there's so much kind of crap this year in the Big 12 when you look at the bottom half. Like we, 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 we said this league was deep from top to bottom. This year is not that. I do think there are just straight up bad teams in the league this year. Um, but TCU to me is one that I can actually somewhat uh, believe is good. Um, so TCU, frustrating start to the year. But I, I can see that team You know, still finishing with, with eight wins at the end of the year just because I'm kind of high on what Josh Hoover showed against BYU, a BYU defense that I think has played better – than expectation this year. Um, so that's the team to watch uh, for. And if you go back to Chandler Morris, like stop, just, just stop. You have, you have yeah, this no guy, point. you have this guy.
1: You've had two guys the last two years. Uh, a <laughs> yes. state Texas tech are next up for, for them. So, and then they also have, this, this is the hard part for TCU have, at K state. they've at Texas tech, they've got Baylor. they got um, uh, Texas in the road. Baylor at home, which appears to be a bit of a break and then at Oklahoma. So uh, have fun, TCU. Uh, Have have fun with the rest of that schedule. All right, Robbie, where can folks find you and all of your work and its variety?
0: Uh, You follow me on Twitter, at the Triano Kid. I post random big 12 things that I love very much. I love talking with you, Josh. Uh, This is a blast and more news to come.
1: More news to come for our guy, Robbie. Robbie, we appreciate your time. We'll talk soon.
0: Awesome. Talk soon, man.